Shut up and sit down. Hey everyone, what's going on? This is Rachel from Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow, and we are back with episode 27. In this show, we sit down with Queens, New York native, Rich Castagna, owner and head brewer of Bridge and Tunnel Brewery. Rich literally built the brewery from the ground up and has a lot of really cool stories and experiences to share, like how the brewery's hot liquor tank came from the kitchen of a Chinese restaurant and that it was even partially crushed after being backed into by a car. You'll be hearing more stories like this from the man known by many in the Queens beer scene as the hardest working brewer in Queens. Cheers. Guys, what's going on? BTBT is back at it, bringing you another dose of dopeness here at Bridge and Tunnel Brewery in Queens, New York. My name is Peter, and I'm very excited to be here today at another one of Queens' finest breweries. And my other fellow hosts today are Pete and uh, Justin Pitts, formerly of the J. Pitts Show, a hip-hop podcast out of Pittsburgh. Yes, sir. Justin, welcome back for your second uh, BTBT episode. How are you feeling today? Oh, I'm feeling good. Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely. Pete, always a pleasure. Back at it for your 22nd episode? 22nd, yes, number 22. Uh, so how's it going? My sabbatical was nice. Took a little break, uh, but I'm back and ready to ride. Well, excellent. And uh, so like I said, we're here today at Bridge and Tunnel Brewery, which was voted the favorite brewery by beer lovers during this year's 2017 NYC Beer Week, and they were awarded the prestigious Rupert's Cup. And they can trace their origins to, I believe, a tiny 150-square-foot garage in Maspeth. And uh, today we're seated in this uh, really nice rustic and inviting space at 1535 Decatur Street in Ridgewood, New York, 11385, a significant upgrade. We're looking at about 2,300 square feet here. Um, Bridge and Tunnel Brewery is a nanoscale microbrewery launched by brewer proprietor Rich Castagna. Rich, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for uh, hosting BTBT. How are you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We're very, very glad to finally get in here. You guys kind of have the, um, the kind of the, the nickname of being the hardest working brewery in uh, in Queens, uh. and I think that's that's probably He's the hardest deserved. working brewer in Queens. Hardest working brewer. <laughs> there you go. So, so Rich, tell us, how did you get into brewing? Uh, well, I got I, I've been brewing for 15 years, but um, I probably should have like it's a little bit of regret that uh. Years ago, I left New York right after I got out of school, right after I graduated college, like three mm -hmm. days later. Wow. wow. And I, got, and I uh, sold everything that I had, jumped in, a, jumped in my car, Dodge Shadow, drove nice. across country, and then I uh, was working as a line cook up in uh, Glacier National Park. Montana? Okay. Yeah, Montana. And this is going back in the 90s, and it was right when like the craft beer movement was just starting in the States. Mm -hmm. And um, I had gone to a couple of uh, tasting events out there and it like it really put the hook in me for craft beer. Um, but at the time I had this idea that I wanted to be a chef. So I was like, I was signed up to go to a chef school down in Arizona. And then wow. like, but then I found, I, I quickly realized that nobody wanted to pay line cooks or cooks no. anything hey like, i used to do the same thing yeah i couldn't Shitty. pay my rent i couldn't right. i couldn't get by so um but i i regret that i didn't at that time because i was a free agent you know right. i should have just you know like going to these tasting events and i have some vintage coasters from breweries that like now are 
you know, like Rogue, like wow. these wicked coasters. If I put them, if I would never do it, but if I had ever put them online, I'm sure they would get a lot of interest. Yeah. You know, and um, but like I probably sh- at that time I should have just said, hey, uh, need somebody to, you know, clean kegs. You right. Know? <laughs> just yeah. Get your and foot in the door. I would have had 25 years under me by now. You know. Wow. Sure. You know, got into it when I got into it. You know. Everything happens for a reason, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. I guess. You know? yes. <laughs> so then you can break out the line cook it here right now yeah. <laughs> if you want to all we need is a food handlers probably oh yeah when you're brewing you're cooking right oh, so, yeah, you know, yeah it's, it, it's actually I mean in my opinion it's as hard as being a line cook I think it's like it's I think probably it's even harder brew. yeah it's harder Shit, especially what you sure. do yeah it's yeah it's harder but um yeah I mean it like it's 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 cooking was fun this is this is as fun, if not better. Yeah. You know? Okay. You know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, cool. You know, cool. Found so my way back to it, you know, that <laughs> kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So when you were brewing in, in Maspeth, if, if I'm mistaken, the brewing gear consisted of three stainless steel kettles clagged in oak, and they could produce about 48-gallon batches. Is that about right? Yep. So what, uh, when was that point in time when you were like, okay, you know, it's time, it's time to take this to the next level? Well, you know, it's funny. Like, th- I, I never approached it with any plan like i was actually building the system like for three years prior to the idea popping up saying hey maybe i'll put it in a garage and try to make it a brewery Mm -hmm. and i was really doing it i mentioned before i have three kids i was like these guys were little and it was like mind-numbing trying to raise (laughs) kids yeah Yeah. tell me about it that was kind of the motivation to start building like a bigger system i just was like building like Mm -hmm. it was like just keeping me kind of together right you know? yeah and then once it was done it was like oh like i wonder if my full-time job would allow me to run a brewery and it took them two months to decide and then they finally came back and they were like go for it mm-hmm. so then i was like well hell i wonder if the federal liquor authority would allow me to do it and i sent mm-hmm. in an application and three months later i had a freaking license wow and then okay. and then i was like all right well let's like I this guess is actually no sto- happening yeah and I was like, there's no stopping now let's go through the state and i you know six months later i the, the, I, I was fully licensed in fact it was uh september 12th of 2012 so we're coming on our five-year anniversary wow that's wow. freaking awesome but i had okay. no idea like i had no idea how people were going to receive it i just knew i had a whole bunch of recipes from brewing for you know since 2000 2002 you okay. know so, but then, like, with the, after the first year, response to the beer was, like, you know, it was just consistently positive. And then I would, and people kept asking me, like, can we come and visit? And I was, like, you know, I had neighbors. And I was, like, right. no, I'm not going to do this to the neighbors, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when I started thinking, like, I'd like to get out of the, I'd like to get out of the garage. Get out of the neighborhood. And and plus, it was, like, you know, in the winter, it was, like, you know, it was an open, it was literally a garage. Right. Like, the door open. It wasn't, like, you know, I had a mechanics door you know like we have here at the the door here you know it's an a door we have a door here that opens like a garage but it has a mechanics door yeah so like in the winter time we keep it closed when i was in the garage it was just the door opened and you know i was oh out my there God. yeah i was out there t- i mean it was a couple of times i did brew sessions that you know it was you know three degrees oh holy, man 11 Shot. degrees and i would get out That's there dedication yeah t- i'd get out sure. there at 2 a.m so it was like the coldest it was you know, gloves sticking to everything, yeah. your, your boots sticking on the ground. And then I had a couple of near misses, too, in that in that cold. Like, it's dangerous brewing and when things are, like, turning to ice. And you, yeah, you're yeah. working with you know? some big equipment, too. Yeah. God forbid something happens. Right. We had a couple of 
there was one, the, the last one was, I basically had an explosion in, in, the, in Holy his face. Holy shit. I created what? this, like, yeah, I, I hyper, I created, like, this uh, hyper steam situation, mm-hmm. and a pipe blew up. Oh, man. And it, but shit. I had looked down, like, right before to try to figure out what was going on, and, like, a second later, I pulled my head up, and the thing blew up. Oh, I still wow. had the, sh- I still, like, it blew out shrapnel. I still, I gathered it all up. I was like, one day, man, one day we're going <laughs> to make a story out of this, you know? Wow. We'll make a beer out of this one, you know? There we go. But, wow. um, but yeah, I mean, like, it took two years to find this space, but it was within the first year, I was like, I got to get out of the garage, you know? Yeah. But, uh, so it was three years in the garage, you know? Because when we, f- we finally got here, it was two years to find, to find this spot and uh, a year to build out, so. So how did you, uh, how did you come across this spot? <sighs> there was a lot of, um, Places that came and went, you know, zoning is tough, mm-hmm. you know, a lot, lot of amazing warehouses that are now in residential zoning, so you can't do anything with them if right. you want to do a brewery, you mm-hmm. know, you have to be in manufacturing zoning. Um, I had a couple of real estate agents, I had one guy that he was doing the right thing for me and then he did me totally wrong by passing, there was this one last place that I was, that, that it was at the, where I was going to go. Mm-hmm. And then he passed it to somebody else. Oh. And then I was just, I was just like broken, right? And I was like, you know what? I, and I started to look myself on on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Right. And then like a couple of weeks after that, like last, you know, bang up from the the agent, I found this spot. And then I was like, it was only actually only a few blocks away from here, the other the other spot. So I was like, oh, it's the same neighborhood. You know, and I was looking in Ridgewood because, you know, this is where, this is where after looking at a few different neighborhoods, because at the time I was living in, in Woodside mm-hmm. on the border of Astoria and, and Woodside, Astoria, but it was impossible to get in Astoria and, uh, and it was e- easier to get here. And this is the neighborhood where I was born and raised. Right. So then it just stored, like more, the more I considered it, the more it was like, it would be cool to come back to the old neighborhood. And then I found this place on Craigslist. You know? Wow, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's like a homecoming. Yeah, yeah, and then and then uh, yeah, I walked in. It was clean. The landlord was meticulous about his building. I've seen other places that were like absolute wrecks. Sure. You know, so this was like you know, coming here. I mean, there was a lot of work to do. I had a, I had particularly the for the drainage. I had I had to create, you know, my own drainage. So that was like you know, I had a luckily I had a boiler guy that kind of took mercy on what i was trying to do <laughs> like when he he walked in he told me like months later he said when i first walked in here and i saw you saw what you had in mind i said to myself and he s- actually said it out loud that day he said i don't know what i'm getting myself into right? <laughs> <laughs> it, was all, it wasn't real equipment it was right. all like you know it's dairy tanks and you know s- steam kettles from a food processing plant and a, a secondhand boiler that we rebuilt you know so he you know had no drainage so he's like, anything that you can do that's that won't jeopardize my license, I'll I'll help you. You know, I'll mm-hmm. I'll I'll kind of direct you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like within a week, he like he drives up with a with a jackhammer. He's like, mm-hmm. we're gonna map out what you have to jack wh- what you have to trench out. So wow. we matched out we mapped out seventy feet of uh, trenching, and then uh, I think I 
jackhammered for maybe two months until it was, Jesus you know, Christ. yeah, man, talk, talk about like carpal tunnel, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. But I, we, and then 10,000 pounds of stone came out. Oh my you know, God. And then, and then it was like, all right, what do we do with it? So I found a recycling place down in Maspeth and, uh, got a whole mess of milk crates started, started wow. filling these damn crates up with stone. And then, and then the boiler guy was like, he goes, uh, we'll try to keep the fine stuff because we'll use it as backfill. He goes, if you could separate it, the fine stuff from the, the bigger pieces, he goes, get rid of the bigger pieces, keep the small stuff. We'll use it as backfill. It'll save money. So I was like, all right. And anything. at the time, yeah. Why and not? at the time I was paying rent on the space and we weren't doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. So I was coming in here. This was kind of a trip. I was coming in here on like, you know, on my days off and uh, shutting all the lights off. It was kind of psychotic now that I think back. <laughs> Shutting all the lights off, putting putting a respirator on, and raking the the fine you know small dirt from the stones. And it was like it was. I was walking out of here and I was like, "What the hell am I doing?" Like I was going home, then you know, <laughs> doing it for like five hours, going home, having breakfast with the family, and I like I felt like, I felt like I had like, I don't know. It was like like demoralizing. Like, I'm trying to explain it to my wife that I just wasn't feeling like myself anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Just yeah. raking these goddamn, you know, and, like, kicking dust up. Like, you know, you know, it was like, you know, you, you, your respirator could just do so much. Right. Mm-hmm. That know? wasn't healthy. It was, it was like being in a mine, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. How long did you do that for? It was probably, I mean, it, like, the cleanup. I mean, I don't know. It felt like forever. Right? <laughs> I mean, maybe it was a few months. I don't know. Oh, wow. You know? Like, befo- okay. by, the time the, the, by the time we had it all you know, cemented over, it was like, it felt like a miracle. I mean, it, it was a long time. It took a long time. You thought time. you'd never finish. The, tra- the, the drainage was the big headache. Everything else, you know, like you build it, you see progress, you feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. Like these guys, they had me, I went all the way from the back, then I had to come to the front, and then we had to tie into like the main sewer line. And then I thought I had done everything that they wanted. Plus, we tore out the whole bathroom and built a new bathroom that was to code. Mm-hmm. But I had to tear—I had to tear the, all the floor up. Oh, and then, shit. and then they were like, you know, they had this one approach, and they're like, you know what? How about if you do it like this, but go go about another foot and a half deeper? I was practically begging the <laughs> boiler guy. I was like, you really gonna make me go get back in here? You know? And then, and then like I was like kind of—I was it was so stressful, man. And then like I started coming in here like. I came in here a couple of times. I came here and here once on a Saturday, and at the time there were like, you know, there was a guy that lived next door to me, that had an art studio. Mm-hmm. He went ballistic. He was like, I'm, he told the landlord, you know, he got, he, he called the landlord. Landlord called me. He was like, Rich, you, you got to shut it down on the weekend. You can't, you can't be, you know. But he was like, you know, he's jackhammering right next to my kitchen. Oh my <laughs> god, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So yeah, like by the time it was done, nobody on this block, you know, they just they all hated they you. They all hated. Me. Luck, luckily, sure. the landlord kicked them all out, yeah. so I don't have to <laughs> see, I don't have to see him anymore. You know? Oh, <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. That's great. I mean, uh, this this place truly embodies the do-it-yourself yeah. kind of attitude, right? Everything. I mean, everything. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, come on. I mean, you, you guys guess. are sitting. Th- those are church pews, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, in fact, these are church pews from the guy who called the landlord on me. Look oh, at wow. and, when he was, and when he was when when he was being, I hope he doesn't hear this. Hear this. But when he was being evicted, he had to clear his space out. And I said, "Man, after all the shit that we've been through, he's never going to give me those church pews, right?" <laughs> and I said, "Hey, man." And I went over there with a beer. I was like, "Hey, any chance you want to trade 
beer for the church pews and his like his eyes light lit up because mm-hmm. he just had to get this stuff out mm-hmm. him and his buddy within two minutes he, they were carrying these things in get the fuck out yeah. of here wow wow so you know <laughs> that's a great story that's a really that's good story awesome. yeah yeah that's, that's a real, really good story oh, rich is full of them yeah he's got a bunch of them <laughs> like can i ask you uh what was the um how, how did you get the name bridge and tunnel bridge and tunnel yeah well it's funny R- originally the original name was going to be Hellgate Brewery. Hellgate. Named okay. after the Hellgate Bridge, mm-hmm. right? And that, act- that actually was a brewery at one time, going back to in the 1800s. It was a brewery. I was wow. like, wow, that would be cool, you know? Hellgate Brewery. And I sat on that name literally for six years while I was mm-hmm. homebrewing. Holy That's shit. how long I was thinking about having wow. a brewery. I had all my passwords were named Hellgate and, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just got thinking about it, and I was like, do I want to take the name of like that was another brewery, you know? Right. And but like when I was a kid, and I liked the idea of it being named after a bridge, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I got thinking about it, and you know, like growing up here, you know, when I was a kid, you didn't hang out in Queens or Brooklyn. You mm-hmm. you hung out in Manhattan. Sure. That's where you hung out. There was no place to hang out, really. Mm-hmm. You know, there was mm-hmm. a couple of places, but you didn't. You really didn't want to be caught dead in yeah. places yeah. that were here at the time, you know. <laughs> So we used to go to the city, you know, mm-hmm. and um, we had a bunch of places that we hung out, you know, and some great places, Rockridge Saloon, Aces and Eights, or some of the wildest, raucous places. <laughs> that, you know. Okay. And um, but there were I remember at the time there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of girls from FIT that used nice. to be at these places, mm-hmm. and they would always ask where you're from, and if you said you're from Queens or Brooklyn, they would immediately dismiss you and say oh, you're Bridge and Tunnel, Tunnel. people. Yeah. So oh then me and my shit. buddies, me and my buddies used to, we used to band together. We were the bridge and tunnel kids coming, you know, coming in, you know, to steal everybody's girlfriends. Or so, <laughs> <laughs> or so we thought, you know, yeah. and it just became our, like our, kind of like our badge of honor. We were, mm-hmm. we were the, you know, we were the outer borough kids. And, and if we met other people that were also from Queens or Brooklyn, we, everybody felt the same way. Everybody was kind of like, you know, we were a step below because we were, we didn't live in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So I always thought, like, you know, that name Bridge and Tunnel is really cutting deep. It's mm-hmm. It really is, like, cutting into, like, a kind of a New York, you know, phenomena, you know, for, like, boroughs to throw stones at each other. Yeah. yeah. Kind of an inside joke, you know what I mean? Like, right. the, outer, the outer borough people are rising up now, you know what I mean? Now, <laughs> okay. you, now you're coming to us, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But then it's funny, but I'll tell this story behind the bar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like it's years later now. Now that term has changed. It has. So, you know, so yeah. now I'll tell this story. I'll tell this whole story the way I just told you. And they'll be like, oh, it's funny because we thought you were from Jersey. <laughs> 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 you know? Yeah. You know? So, oh, but shit, it is what it is, is you know? We're holding on to the old name. Yeah, no, you know? great. Great name. <laughs> I like that. There was like a one-liner on the uh, on the website about the name. It's... Um, you know, bridge and tunnels are what brings the city yeah, together. It's, it's mm-hmm. the bridges and tunnels that unite the city, yeah. not divide it. You there know? you go. Hmm. You know, absolutely. There we go. Because you still get a little bit of that going around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even now, like, so, like you'll hear it. You'll people calling people coming from Manhattan. They're calling. You know, from here they're calling them bridge and tunnel. You know, or like. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and and what impresses me about like to make that statement is like I remember, you know, nine eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, 
mm-hmm. and how this city, I mean, it was, you know, it was rough. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody took <clears throat> their own hits, you know, my, my family and my wife's family, they lost, you know, they lost a cousin, you wow. know, neighbors. So, sorry and stuff, to hear that. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, but I always remember like how this city pulled together, man, you know, how the city was united for that, even for that one year, maybe it was for a year. People yeah. really pulled together, man. And it was like, you know, I felt like that's when I really, cause I had spent time away from this, from New York. You know, like I like there was a time when I I didn't want to come I didn't want to come back here, but I came back kind of for family, look after family, and but my intent was like, you know, when I've done what I have to do, I'm gonna leave again. But I remember that was the first time when that happened. I was like, it's my home, man. Yeah. You know, and like and and even though we're at our like we're on our knees right now, we're at our best right now, and it like and I always yeah. felt like you know like, you know, the little bit of that is in the statement too. You know. It's, you know, we're how many how many people from the outer boroughs just spilled into Manhattan to help. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when the chips are down, New York pulls together. You know, and it's it's who we are. You know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, that kind of changed know? the way I looked at everything back then as well. I mean, just seeing how everybody just dropped everything they were doing and yeah. came to help. You right. know, and they didn't even go to work. Right. Just because they were down there trying to help find people and all that, like that. Right. That meant a lot. Yeah. Back in the day, I remember. I remember I used to ride my bicycle all around, mm-hmm. and I had this giant American flag on the back of my bike. Yeah, and everybody just be honking the horn. Everybody was doing the same shit. Everybody had flags everywhere. Right. Just, you know, for it's how weird. for how long? It was yeah, right. And I remember the the year after that, I went traveling with uh, my my wife. At the, we weren't at the time. We you know we were, we were engaged, but we went out west, and um, we didn't see flags. Like we we the first thing that we were kind of that we noticed was that like they weren't doing the same thing that new york was still doing mm-hmm. and it was like wow like people seem to have forgotten already mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know we rolled with it for a long time you know yeah, we still roll right. with it yeah. yeah i saw something on the news the other day like some guy just died from from stuff he got cancer from being a 9-11 a firefighter yeah, yeah. how many years oh, that later was, that was know? rampant the, right. i mean all that yeah. debris you know, and, everything and, and that's not the end of it we're gonna we're lose right, more people right. we'll lose more people right. over time right. and Right. That death toll is always going to climb. And, you know, it's something that, you know, we'll live with forever right. until the day we go. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it was definitely a traumatic, traumatic event, but it really did bring the city together. And I think, you know, that message of unity and togetherness, I mean, it resonates. It resonates then. resonates today. There's a lot of crazy, crazy shit going on across the country. Oh and God. I think uh, just, just the whole theme of being united, you know, whether you're from a different borough whether you're from a different, you know, state, whether you're from a different religion, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I think that that message of unity is still it's still vital. It's still very very important uh, back then, um, you know, it's and in some more ways important more important now. now. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. absolutely. Kind of recalibrate, you know. Yeah. Without yeah. having to go through that, you know. Yeah. No. It's it's uh it's yeah. We, we are living in crazy political times. I mean, we are not. <laughs> Very politically oriented folks. Well, I mean, just I know you you like to get involved. You've been to some <laughs> yeah. uh, r- rallies and such, but uh, yeah, we're, we're not. You know, I mean, I don't want to get off on a diatribe in politics. I think I think the situation's fucked up, but you know, I, I'm hoping that there's uh, the future holds some brighter, you know, brighter horizons for us because the the way things are right now, it's uh, not looking too great. No, not too no, great. not at all. Sure, but you know what? We're here. We're drinking some beers. Yeah. So it's looking mm-hmm. pretty damn good for me right now. Yeah, well right now it's looking <laughs> it's looking pretty good. And we do yeah. have we do have flights in front of us. Yeah. So Richard, um Can we start where, where do you want to start? start? You yeah. want to start at six? 
Yeah, start at six. Six is yeah, right six. here for everybody, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the 1642 Miss Peaches Screw It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, a beer. Want to hear the story? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Right. absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Always so, stories. All right. <laughs> well, I wanted, it, I wanted to do a beer to be able to tell the story of how the first colonists came here to Queens. Yeah. Which okay. is kind of a laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's we're going to put it into cans. And I, if it was timed a little bit later, maybe it would have been great to release it for uh, around Thanksgiving. But oh, I think yeah. this is like, you know, this is um, – I can't wait. I like. I just want. I'm, I just got to get the. I want to do stuff with cans, you know. Yeah. So, okay. Um, do you have a date, by the way, for when it's gonna release? Do you have a date yet? Not yet. A couple of weeks. Next few weeks. Two, three weeks. Cool. You know. Just laying a couple of more things because we're we're doing it all in house too. We're doing all the canning in house. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, just tweaking a few things, you know, and uh, you know, gonna get it. Done, wa- just want to get it smooth, mm-hmm. you know. Um, DIY for sure here. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Wow. Play. You mentioned wow. before the show. Is this is this the canning that you actually learned some graphic design to do the image for? Is that was I hearing that yep. correctly? Yeah. Well, wow. that's we did do a DIY we, for sure. We we've yeah. done three cans so far. Three 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 of our beers were put in yep. cans. But the thing that was the choke point was, and I built a rig that we can do. It's kind of it's kind of a micro canner, you know. But we didn't we didn't pay somebody for it we, we built it you know get out of here yeah <laughs> i mean it's, a, but it's just it's just following what they you know how they do it you know what i mean right, right, like, right. i mean i'm not gonna say it's you know hey i'm sure there's does a job right yeah i mean like we're 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 throwing a lot of valves constantly we kind of makes you feel a little bit like an octopus but you know <laughs> but it's yeah. working you know it works but um the choke point was the labels the, the can labels and because I don't do graphic design or I didn't and um, I couldn't get labels done like people would offer to help and then like you know they would they would be unavailable for three weeks or like and then oh. a beer that I wanted to put in a can came and went mm-hmm. sold sold it now like and then they come back hey do you still want to do that label right uh, it's already gone you know wow so it the it, it just kept happening over and over again that I finally just kind of said, you know, and then I'm always like trying to get it right. You know, I have an idea for, for what an image, what, how an image that I want it to look like, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was like, you know what? I mean, I gotta be able to figure this out. You know, I mean, I, I know I'm okay with computers and stuff, you know, I can, I think I could figure this out. So, but I wasn't going to buy a $500 Adobe illustrator. So I went online, I was searching around for a cheap graphic design program, right? For like reviews, you know, like right. this like review site. Mm-hmm. And they named like four or five of these programs, right? So then I was like, ah, just for hell with it. Pull it up on Amazon and they were all like 25 bucks. Good mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, what the hell do I have to lose? You know? <laughs> 25 bucks, not a bad investment. Yeah, so I picked up one for, I got one for $25 on, and it was on a disc. So I was able to put it on a couple of, couple of my computers and uh you know at first i didn't know what the hell like i figured i'm never gonna get this down but i like i just kind of spent time with it and yeah i figured it out and so the first two that for the 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 next two cans that we're gonna do are cans that we did in-house that i did um, you know, that I did the graphic design for. Mm-hmm. Right. And they okay. came out are, are all right. You, you're happy with them. Okay. I'm yeah. happy enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, but I figure, like, it, you know, it's gonna, they're going to get better. They, I mean, they're, they're definitely 
they're definitely look cool. Right. Right. What, would I want to do some better stuff to them? Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, you I know, mean, it's, it's your it's first time, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, eventually. Yeah. <coughs> and now, you mentioned this is going to be your third canning run, right? And the first time you guys canned was January of this year, right? Yeah, it was the coffee cream ale was the first one. Nice. Right. And then we did a uh, very small uh, run on the hazelnut brown ale. Okay. And then um, and I did that, I did that for uh, Queen's Beer Week. Right. And then uh, and that was the same thing. There was a delay in the label, so like I was sell I was like selling it at the bar, wholesaling it, and then I had a few kegs left, and I was like, then finally I worked it out with the person that was helping me, got the labels done, and by that time I didn't really have enough beer to go around anymore. So I was like, I did what I had. Right. And it was in and out. I did great. But like it just wasn't enough to go around. So now, now that now that I have more control over it, we can do it in house. Right. So right. whenever you're ready to go, you just right. boom, just print them and time it when right. when we're doing the beers. Even do it ahead of time. You know. There you go. You know, so just as a, the way other people are doing it, it's just for us, it takes. It's like uh, reinventing the wheel sometimes. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So we, don't, we really don't have the budget to be paying people to do stuff for us right now. You know. So what's so the, the your production volume on that? So the one you're, you're canning, how, how many, how, you know, how much uh, beer are you producing That one was there? a 10-barrel batch. Um, okay. So, you know, I'm aiming at setting aside maybe five barrels and then wholesale, maybe another two, maybe another two and a half barrels, right. keep another two and a half barrels here, mm-hmm. you know. Personal um, stash. Yeah, and try, <laughs> and try to do it like just enough. And it's funny because when we did first, we did the first uh, – we did a can release, only one, but I put it out there, and, and you know, I'm doing it by like what I think, basing it on the volume, right. you know. So I was like, a t- a two pack limit. Meanwhile, it turned, you know, like that, like most breweries do a case limit. Right. Yeah. So people will come, they'll travel in and buy a case because then they can trade them and whatever, yep. they, you right. know, whatever they do with it. You know, cans are hot commodities. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, we had a great day at the tap room from that can release, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it was like. Now I understand. We have to do more so that you can at least have enough so you can say, okay, one case, you know, at least one case right. buy, you know, right. to make it worth people taking the trip, you know. Sure. So, so just jumping back to the um, to the story behind this beer. Yeah, yeah. So I like where you're going with this. This is a tribute, and you said to the well, early Queens uh, yeah, settlers. Well, when it, what well, first I did the to you know it's more make of a it, tribute to the Indians. Well, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So basically. Uh, the beer itself, I researched how the first colonists brewed because they brewed all the time because they were they were basically afraid of drinking water because they were like used to like you know contaminated water yeah. in Europe and they yeah. beer was the, cleaner right and but and but the thing is like the light didn't go on that if you boil the water then you can drink it you know right. what I mean? plus the water was pristine here they didn't get it so Be- like better were, off we got good beer right of that. right exactly <laughs> so like so. What they would do is they would prefer to, to brew with barley and hops, but a lot of times they were dealing with shortages. And uh, the local hops, actually, in New York State was Cluster. But it actually, I think they had, um, there was a sickness with the hops, and they became, like, not really existing in New York State anymore. But Cluster was the local hop in New York State. So they would have used barley or hops, but if they were short, they would have supplemented the grain bill with uh uh, corn, rye, wheat, buckwheat, honey, uh, maple, maple, right? That would be the grain bill, right? If they were short on hops, mm. they would have used um, other 
antibacterial agents slash bittering agents such as birch, sassafras, or spruce. So I kind of mimicked as if they had a shortage. So I did a small amount of barley and then bulked up the rest of the, of the grain bill on all those ingredients. And then, you know, again, kind of mimicking like they were short on hops. So I only did five IBUs of, uh, you know, usually a beer is, like, you know, 20 to 30. I, usually, I only used five IBUs of cluster yeah. and the rest was new growth spruce tips that I picked up in upstate, up in the Catskills, up in Sullivan County where we have a little camper. And uh, pick them, you know, you can get them in the spring. And uh, so that be so technically this beer is a gruet because it's using an alternative means for hop mm -hmm. for like bittering. Um, so it's like, you know, it's tr tr kind of true to how they would have first brewed, right? And then it's like, all right, so why would you go through all that trouble? Well, to tell the story. So, <laughs> so in 1642, the first colonists um, came to Queens from Manhattan. Right, and they actually settled right in this area, uh, in the area that's now known as Maspeth, which is the area where the Nano Brewery was, right? Um, and that Maspeth is actually the f so it's the first settlement in Queens. Um, but they were such bad neighbors that within the first year, the Mispeaches Indian tribe basically kicked their ass and sent them back to Manhattan. <laughs> so the punchline is that these first colonists were the first bridge and tunnel people. That's great. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. I like yeah. that song. Right. So how did, how did you find brewing with spruce tips? Because uh, that's a strong, it's a strong yeah. ingredient. Well, the, spr the spruce tips, like I think, I, you know, I've never used... Um, I don't think you can, you know, you got to be careful with some of this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, it can it can change the property of the, you know, like the it, ch it changed the different parts of a of a of a tree is it's going to give different properties. But mm -hmm. the spruce tips are uh, it's like an un that undeveloped pine, so it actually it's got such an amazing aroma. It's almost like melon, like every and I've done this beer three times already. The first one was a forty eight gallon batch in the garage. And um, every time the reaction is the same. If I'm ever brewing with somebody and we open up those bags of spruce and it's like you just cannot get enough. It's you refreshing. Can, yeah, it's like it's so, it's such an amazing aroma. You know, it's it's so special, you know. Um, so it's actually fun, you know, to pop them open. And then we use local honey uh, that's made in, uh, that's harvested in Queens. And... Um, maple from a, a guy that I know that lives in the neighborhood whose um, family has a, a sugar shack upstate. Um, but the same thing, like it's like breaking out these really cool ingredients. And before you know it, you're, you got, you know, you're facing the spruce and you're, you know, you're taking the last bits of honey, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, yeah, getting yeah. that sugar dose, you know? Nice. Um, yeah, man. It's, 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 it's a fun beer to make. It's a local sure. tribute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So but but the beer I'll, I'll show you real quick. You can't see it on the um, you know podcast, but uh, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna post this. I want to get a better picture of it, or I'll just put it on a can. Mm -hmm. uh, I asked my wife to take a picture of it. The can is gonna basically be a uh, it's a colonist, right, with a, like a big hat. Mm -hmm. and he's got an arrow going through his hat, and he's got <laughs> a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> And he's got like the cartoon stars going around his head. Okay. Oh, so that, that's, that's a picture yeah. we're looking at yeah. right now. <laughs> right, it's right. almost uh, like John Wayne in a way. Yeah, yeah. right. 
That's the that that's the label. Yeah, that's okay. the label. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, cool. right? That is good. That, that is looks yeah, pretty yeah. good. It's twenty five dollar program. That looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks better when you see it on the can, you know. Yeah. And we will. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll be here for that. Yeah. So um, that, that was great. So, so so moving down the line, what do we got next here? What number are we going to next? Number seven. 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 Oh, Ridgewood Grove. Grove. Oh, there you go. Ridgewood Grove. Seven, yeah. Right okay, so that's... Talking um, about my old block. Yeah. Grove Street Gangsters. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all day. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's... it's a, I mean, it's not... Uh, I'll be honest. To be, to be honest, I named it a golden ale <laughs> more because I thought it was golden <laughs> okay. you know what I mean the color was golden I mean yeah. technically a golden ale is a, is a Belgian ale it's fermented with Belgian yeast right yeah. if yeah. this was fermented with Belgian yeast it, you know it would be true to style golden ale uh, I fermented it with American ale yeast um, but it's aged with um, uh, bourbon barrel oak okay you know um, which is a, which is a kind of a flavor that I like um, years ago like one of beer that I really liked was, uh, it was a company, Inns and Gun, they yeah. were an English company. Yeah, yeah. And they used to make these, um, these great, they still do, oh, great oak, like oak-aged beers, you know, but they were very expensive, you know. They, they were in the kind of like nicely designed bottles. Yeah, so right. Yeah. They almost look like whiskey bottles. Yeah, right? yeah. But they, at the time, and this is going back, I mean, the time, you know, at the time they were expensive, you know, and it was a little bottle, I don't even think it was 12 ounces, you know. Wow. Right. But I always said, you know, that would be a nice beer to, to be able to make, you know. Um, so, that's the style. It's an oak age golden ale. We don't have room for uh, oak barrels, so I chopped the barrel up and sanitized it and threw it in the fermenter. Oh shit! Yeah, that's how we do it here. Until <laughs> nice. I get some room, you know, to be doing wow. you know, barrel aging. You, you know? definitely get hints of that. You yeah, know, definitely, especially yeah, yeah. on um, um, you know on the swallow on the way down. You definitely get those hints. Yeah, nice. We like vanilla, you know, like vanilla notes, you know, yep. bourbon, uh, bourbon uh, hints. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the story for that, it won't, I won't make it a drawn-out story, but it's basically Ridgewood Grove uh, is an old boxing arena that used to exist in Ridgewood. Um, and um, actually some really big names had fought there, you know, like um, Sugar Ray Robinson, uh, wow. Willie Pep, uh, like big old old-school boxing right. names, you know. Legends. Uh, yeah, yeah, legends. Yeah, legends in right. the game. And then they went, and then and then they went out of like this was like in the fifties they were around, and then they went down like I think from the tw- nineteen twenty nine to nineteen fifty six I believe, and then they went out of like out of existence, mm-hmm. and then they came back in the eighties, and then it was like a uh, kind of like a professional boxing, but these guys only had like a couple of bouts under the right you know, under them, mm-hmm. um, and then they transitioned to professional wrestling. So you had guys like, you know, you literally, my, my, my dad used to take me to the matches, you know, but it used to be like Superfly, Jimmy Snooker. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Hulk Hogan yeah, yeah, big names. Get you know, out like, of here. Yeah, yeah, the, the wild Samoans, you know, like some of the, like the crazy <laughs> yeah, yeah, names, yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, in Ridgewood, you know, so, and a lot of people don't, and then it burned down. Do you remember if, where it was? Yeah, uh, uh, Seneca. Uh, I forget the cross street, but it's over, it's not far from, um, it's right off of the M. It's like okay. the Seneca stop. On right, the right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the Taco wow. Bell over there. Yeah. Never realized Hogan <laughs> wrestled Cypress. in... Uh, yeah. Cypress and Seneca, maybe? Never yeah, it's not too far. So, so right. you're big into history, it seems, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. But what we do with this one, we tie it in um, with our Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yes. Tour, yes. Which yes. is in February. So, like, we'll do, yeah, we'll do the beer. You know, we'll, tie, we'll, we'll release it again for the tournament. 
That's really cool, actually. And then, like, we have a belt that, like, you know, we'll, we'll do it, like, in in heats, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, just keep going up till we get, you know, two last contenders. What and was the most um, fighters you've gotten for a tournament? Well, we, we've, on, we've done it. Uh, we've done it twice so far. Uh, last year, the year before, uh, maybe there was 20. The f- last year, I think there was about 40. Oh, shit. Nice. Oh, but it was, it was wild, man. <laughs> and, and it was funny because, like, a friend of mine who he's, he's, um, he lives over in, in uh, Middle Village, he's um, John Duddy, who's actually he's a former uh, two-time middleweight champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've <coughs> right. seen him fight a few times. Yeah, yeah, right. Get out of here. Yeah. So he comes, he, he comes in, you know, here and again, and, uh, and I got talking with him about it, and we did a, we did a video to promote for the, for the event, you know, where, he, where um, he went outside and he was, like, working out and stuff, and then he comes in here and he squares off with one of my daughters, right? <laughs> and, and it got something like 16, yeah, and it got, like, 16,000 views. Yeah. Oh, it, was so like, wow. yeah. it was like, wow, you know, like, and half of them were from Ireland and people, you know, because he's Irish. Yeah. yeah. And, like, his, I guess, you know, his followers were saying, watch out for that, you know, watch out for the little girl. I hear she's got a, you know, good left hook, and, you know. Like, <laughs> but so I said, I was like, John, how about you come down that night? You know, s- people would love to meet you. You know, like, come down. It's yeah. a boxing theme, man. Keeping it, you know. Yeah. So he's like, I'll come down. He came late, right? He came, he, we started already, and he came down. And I figured, like, he was just going to hang out. He's, and somebody had left, so there was, like, an opening. And everybody had, like, they made up their own names, you know? So, like, we had, like, uh, all different names, you know, crazy names, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he goes, uh, he's like, Rich, do you mind if I just take the other slot? And I was like... All right, if you want to, he's got like, he's got a competitive edge to him, you know. Even All though right. he's retired now, mm-hmm. he brought it right. He went right to the top. He was he was the he was one, the one of two contenders, you know, the Get final yeah, the final contenders, <laughs> and he almost won it, you know. And but he got beaten by a doctor over in uh, Wyckoff Hospital right over here. Oh shit! By the name of, by the name of Babyface. <laughs> Babyface. <laughs> That's funny. That's so Babyface is our champion for this year. So wow. when he comes in, only he can wear the belt, you know. Which he does. I'll have, awesome. to, I'll have to definitely come to one of those. That's yeah, awesome. That sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a tribute to the boxing and wrestling legends of the past. And he gets to say he beat past. John Duddy, yeah. right? He beat John Duddy, yeah. 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 Never knew Hulk Hogan wrestled in Queens. Never That's knew all, I knew you were going to be like, just fixed on that for <laughs> the rest of the night. That was That's all he cares about. <laughs> all he's picturing is a feather boa, him <laughs> ripping his shirt off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's, mm. that's a great backstory, definitely. So when are you guys doing the next uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots tournament? We'll keep it in February. February is a good time to do it. You know, it's cold. Yeah. People come in from, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we get a good number of people in here. It warms up, you know, just yeah. from having the people in here. Yeah. And we, we had last year, it was great. We had a great time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like people, th- it's funny. People come in, they're not sure if they really want to like sign up. You know, you kind of got to like, oh, if you're listening, you last do. Year, you yeah. do. You know, <laughs> yeah. last year it was like, we were like, come on, you're here. You're here like, to why watch not? it. Why not? Just do fight, it. You know? Yeah. yeah. And so, like, <laughs> what so an we, instigator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we got, we got, you know, but, you know, we got most of the, most everybody here was like, in one way or another, they were going to, you know, they were going to fight. Mm-hmm. And then, but once they got, once we got down to it, like people got wild. <laughs> you know I mean? Like the, the, the most reserved people were like, so, like some of the most, like, you know, 
competitive and yeah, yeah like you know like <laughs> fucking great screaming and it was it was a trip that's fucking awesome like, oh, if you man. check out on instagram there's uh there's a couple of clips of like just like the you antics. have video of it yeah oh, God, a couple of we have ones. to look at this but yeah. it was pretty to, intense definitely you know yeah do we so want to go to that? Next, let's go to the next on one. The yeah, yeah. See, this is my personal favorite. Yeah. I was going to say, too, this got some nice heat on it. T- tell us about this one yeah. right here. All right, so that's uh, the Chipotle Porter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a robust porter recipe aged with Chipotle pepper. Wow. Um, which, it's funny. Like, I, I have a good gauge for the balance of it, but the very first batch that I did for the, of this beer... Um, I did it back, you know the sampler? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's over in Bushwick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, when they first opened. Um, they, 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 they're shut down now, right? Well, like, they're, yeah. they're reopening, mm-hmm. and the new owner is a guy that used to work there. Okay. Which is kind of cool. You know, he came back as mm-hmm. the owner. Right. You know? mm-hmm. But the guy that used to run the show was this guy, um, uh, Raphael, and uh, he really enjoyed heat, you know? And um, so, but it was funny, like, I... I kept bringing uh, samples to my wife, you know, like letting it age. And I was like, what do you think? And she has a very high tolerance for heat. Mm-hmm. So she was like, I can't even taste it. Bring, bring, leave it in there longer, you know? <laughs> no, <just laughs> so finally when it got to a point where she was like, she felt, and I have a high tolerance too, so I'm kind of a bad judge, yeah. you know? So um, when we finally like kind of both, like, and I'm basing it more on her because I'm thinking she'll be the balance, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. don't go on me go on let's go on her right yep and she was like this is great you know so i kegged it and then it was basically like it was this it was almost like you're pouring a pint and fire was coming off it you know holy shit and, all, and it was like it was getting like a love-hate relationship out out uh, you know of the kegs that were out there like some people were crazy about it some people were like too like, much like right it was like a cruel joke <laughs> but the one account that couldn't get enough was this guy Raphael. Who um he also had the same kind of thing you know mm-hmm. and he and 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 at the sampler was the like the only spot because I think Raphael would talk it up so much it was the only spot where people really gave it like really appreciated it you know mm-hmm. but then I told my wife after that I said next time you taste something, you know if we're doing any kind of tasting for heat. I'm going to take what you say, and I'm going to knock it down by 75%. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our sweet zone, you know? Okay. That's our sweet spot. Okay. Now, yeah. now, how does how does she, like, I, I know you're in here for long hours. How, do, how does that deal with, how do you deal with that relationship, having to be in here uh, long hours? Well, we have, you know, we have uh, three kids. So mm-hmm. she's kind of running around, too, with the kids, um, bringing them to school and stuff. Right. That's a full-time job in itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she also... Um, like, I, when I started this, I said, hey, you know, Lisa, why don't we do this, you know, wh- why don't we do it together, you know? Mm-hmm. And she was a little reluctant. She was like, yeah, you know, all right. She always uh, says, tells me, okay, but then, like, kind of waits for me to go away kind of thing, you yeah. know? <laughs> you know? But um, she's gotten more, um, she's dug into it deeper mm-hmm. to where now, like, um, we, had a ru- we had a little bit of a bumpy road last summer. And I think it made her real because I was going in too many directions on my own. And I think it made her realize that, like, you know, if we ever lost this, how, how much it would suck, you know? Because I like at the time I was dealing, you know, all this, you know, homemade equipment. I was like, you know, I was basically repairing it constantly. Last summer, you know, stuff would break down. I had to come in, you know, like it was, uh, you know, a couple of batches went in directions I didn't like. I ditched the batches. You right. Know? And it, and it hurt us, you know. 
and I think it really like it got her thinking about like what would what would be the case if we lost it, you know, and mm-hmm. and then she just came on like so strong, mm-hmm. and now she, she's very much involved in this brewery. That's now, really cool, you know. So like it's become mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, if if I have to if I have to do something, she understands. Um, but I you know I hustle out of here. I like I make a priority that I, you know I want to I want to have dinner with my kids every night, right? Even yeah. if it's for fifteen <laughs> minutes. Absolutely. We sit down, you know, like every, it's got to be a balance, you know, like even if, and the kids, you know, they were little when this started. I mean, you know, when I, when I finally dragged myself into the garage, my, my younger daughters, twins, they were three. So now they're, uh, you know, they're eight years old now. This is kind of all they remember, all they know. Right. So if I'm off with the brewery, they're, you know, I'm off doing stuff, not just at dad's brewery, but at their brewery. Yeah, so it right. doesn't get in the way, you know. It's like it, we're we're all very much like tied into this thing. Like when I I say like you know it's a, it's a, it's a family business. It's not an exaggeration on any level, you know. I mean like the, the, my daughters are sometimes if I'm feeling low, man, they're like, ah, oh, dad's gonna be alright. You you know, you know, just keep it going. You know, right. you know, yeah. like you know wow. they they want it, they want it to succeed. Yeah, you know. That's got to be such so an awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome boost whenever you yeah. hear that. Man. I mean, a lot of times I'm like, man, like they just, they won't allow, like they, they just keep, they keep, it's like somebody pushing you in the back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes like, no, no, it feels no, like, where are you going? Yeah, Get your exactly. ass back in there. Yeah. You know? So, um, that's yeah. great. I mean, it's yeah. truly, truly family run. Yeah. Brewery. Yeah, it is. You know, it is. And like they, like I remember when I, I, um, when I came here, my daughter, Sammy, she's, um, She's not the youngest. She thinks of herself as the youngest. I mean, she's a twin. She's five minutes younger. But she, <laughs> but she says she's the little sister. You know, she's a funny kid, man. But she, um, <laughs> you know, but she, uh, she's got a thing. Like, she'll come with me some days to come in here and work. And she, you know, like how kids, like, they, they lose focus. They are, they're off doing something mm-hmm. else. They tire. Right. She, she'll stay with it. And she's even when she was little, she used to help me clean kegs. And when I came in here, and I would be like surprised. I'm like, she's not leaving. She's actually useful. Like she's yeah. actually doing <laughs> something. You know? mm-hmm. But then, like so, like she, you know, like n- she was offended when I came here, and now she wasn't cleaning kegs anymore. But now she's getting a little older, and there's like some Sundays when, like, if the you know, if my wife has the kids doing something else, and she wants to come with me, she'll spend the whole day back here with me. Wow. And walk out of here feeling like she did a good thing, you know. And it's just like I, she's like, like, "Where's my money?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another thing, I'm like, you know, if you really like, let's do this. I'll pay you. you right. Know, like, wow. Kind of trying to teach him, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try to teach him, you know, like a family business. I'm curious. I'm curious how it's all going to reflect on in their lives because I didn't have this growing up. So right. I'm curious what how it's impacting. You know, them. like I can't from tell right now from yeah. like where where I work and people I deal with like. I think the value of hard work has gone out the window. Like people now think they could just walk into a job and get a paycheck mm-hmm. for doing nothing. Right. And to teach her that and to see what hard work really is. And you put her out there in the world, she's going to run fucking circles around everybody when she's yeah. finally working. You know what I mean? I like, and so. I mean, I hope she just, you know, I, I, I mean, I just hope she does the right thing. You know, I hope they all do. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know? Cheers to her. Cheers, cheers yeah. to her. Absolutely. Cheers. Sammy, you said? Sammy. To yeah. Sammy. To Sammy. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> and to the other two. But yeah. <laughs> so what do we got here? The last um, last beer here on the flight. Number uh, 11. 
Oh, that's uh, yeah, twenty spot and switchblade. Yes, yes. Uh, coffee cream ale, which was your second canning, right? That was the first. That was one, the first actually. canning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this beer is. Um, wow. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a cream ale recipe, and I I condition it with uh, coffee. It's probably one of the better like more favorite beers I think mm-hmm. like I, I try to keep it on tap people people like it you know mm-hmm. even if they like if if they're you know I try to keep the coffee at like um I, although I've I'm bringing it up because I feel that people are getting more of like a like an interest in the real coffee flavor in their beer right. I used to have it much much more subtle and lately, I've been bringing it. You upped it up, okay? Because people have been asking for it, like they've been a- they've been commenting on it, like you know, and uh, so like I'm am still playing around with the levels, you know. Yeah. I mean, I know where it is right now, and I know where I can bring it if I wanted to lower it or you know, but um, well, it's it, a trend, right? Coffee and beer. I mean, people there's people that really really dig that type yeah. of style. Yeah, yeah. Right. I love it. Yeah, I think yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a fan as, as well. <coughs> I, yeah. Yeah, I, I like the taste of this this one a lot as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it has like a like a like a, like an appeal to to different palates. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like not just the people that are into a beer with coffee in it, but you know people that are like uh, sometimes a lot of people come in and they'll say like, you know, do you have a lager? Yeah, lager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, you know, which is cool. You know, whatever. whatever. Right. I mean, we, you know, I'm like, but we, you know, we do all ales here, and it's mm-hmm. just like they don't really. Sometimes they don't understand. They think they're, they're thinking like maybe like uh, you know, they're thinking like yeah, but a, Yingling, a, a, like something like right. that. Yeah. Exactly. That's how well, they're thinking in their head. Yeah, I'm from Pittsburgh. Like, if you go into a bar, like, do you have a lager? Like that. That's right, what that right, means. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. So I'll I'll pass them. <laughs> I, like you know, but it's really just a difference in the yeast that you're using. Okay. You know, actually, like lagers are a cleaner yeast. Okay. Like there's less, there's less um, flavor profile in general in lagers, whereas mm-hmm. ales are more. Um, you get a lot more flavor. You know, mm-hmm. um, one is cold fermented, one is the ales are warm fermented. Um, but if they say something like that, I'll say, you know, before I go into the whole conversation, I'll I'll pass them the coffee cream ale. I'll say we don't do all <laughs> ales here, but try this. And usually I can get them. Usually they're like, yeah, I like that. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it seems to have all the repeal, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there was a beer that I had the first time I came here. It was probably about, it was last October, actually. The yeah. first time I came in here, I actually met with you that day. You had a, a barley wine, Fear City barley yeah. wine. And it was probably one of my favorite beers that I've had in a long time. I really liked that a lot. Yeah. I mean, the twelve percent alcohol didn't really hurt, <laughs> but <laughs> it was it was very flavorful. You know, it hit you well. Uh, but then you had a little flyer that yeah. described the naming of the beer. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, actually, you know, it's funny. Most of the beers, when I put them on, I'll start off with the flyer. Okay. So, like, the next thing that I have mm-hmm. to do among like a million things that I'm trying to kind of get done all at once. Mm-hmm. I want to put all the stories into like maybe a couple of binders and leave them like put them in like little plastic covers yeah. and leave them on the table so people can kind of read that read the history. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have stories. Every almost all of them have stories, and if they don't, they're, the stories are coming. You know? <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But um, Fear City is basically uh, there's a skull. We might put we might do this in cans this year. Nice. Maybe twelve ounce cans. You know. 
but there's a skull, uh, and it's it was basically a pamphlet that the the NYPD had actually distributed in New York City. They distributed something like a million flyers, mm-hmm. and it was a pamphlet, and it folded over, and it said "Welcome to Fear City," and it was a skull that basically. It was in the 70s, right at a time when, I mean, frankly, New York City was in may- maybe the worst shape it had ever been in its, sure. in its history, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. its modern history at least, you know. And um, basically uh, the mayor at the time was threatening that he was going to uh, lay off. In fact, that was the plan because the, co- the city was in such fiscal crisis mm-hmm. that they were going to lay off um, public, public servants, starting with the police. Mm-hmm. So the police knew firsthand what they were facing on the streets. Mm-hmm. So as a way to kind of protest that they were going to be a, a num- quite a few, you know, like in the thousands were going to be laid off. Mm-hmm. They created this pamphlet that was a warning to tourists coming to New York City of how to proceed, you know, because you weren't going to have any kind of police presence or police protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, you can read all of this, all, like it was like 10 points, things to do, things not to do. And be honest, it was, it was true. Right. You know? But um, so the story was like it tells that story. And then in the end, I, f- I rounded it back to kind of basically saying like, well, here we are now. And, um, you know. When you come to you know when you come to this neighborhood because this neighborhood was rough too right this neighborhood was very rough at one time you like know? you didn't want to walk around here at night mm-hmm. at all yeah I mean I you know I mean I I have stories myself you know of like stuff that went down around you know in these on these on these streets right here you know wow and um, guys that you know people that you know crack was big down yep. in this area this is where people bought crack. This is where people disappeared. Wow. You know, I know people that, you know, like, they went missing for, like, eight, nine months. People thought they were dead. Holy, Holy shit. It turned out they were two blocks away from here, huddled in a car. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's like, so it rounds off, like, think of the things when you see new construction, you know, new buildings that were at one time, you might not have thought that it was one time an open lot. Now it's a new building, you know, but here we are now, you know, and, like, into what's now the greatest, truly the greatest city in the world. Yeah. Welcome, welcome yep. to Fierce City. That's you know? I, I like that story a lot. That's a really you know? good story. And they're, they're all historical. Like, yeah. they, they, you know, they all have that basis. I like that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah, man. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's like, it's funny. Like, um, I, I sometimes we have a few old school people that, that have a number of them that, that show up to, you know, that are regulars, you know. Mm-hmm. And every now and again, we'll we'll have like a mixed group, and you see the way the bar is. It's like a it's a right angle, you know. Mm-hmm. So right. like, there's a lot of easy conversation that goes from one side of the bar to the other. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, I I just find it it's, you know, I think um, people feel at ease to kind of speak their minds of who like who they are, where they come from, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regardless of where they come from, you know, and here. You know, I, I think we, we kind of set that tone and the people that are regulars here understand that and they also set that tone. Mm-hmm. But we sometimes we have this interesting conversations that pop up and like, 
just a few weeks ago, we were talking with a couple that um, very cool couple. They came. They came from. Uh, I think they were from Ohio, but they had spent some time down in Georgia, and there was some commonalities that me and my wife had to these guys. We got along with them really well, like like that. Right. You know, and um, but the the woman was like, she was really getting a kick out of all the stories, you know. And I was like, because there was one on the table. I was like, I have more. I, you know, <laughs> so I gave her like four or five that were under the bar, you know. And she's like, I, I'm gonna take this home, you know. This is so cool, and then and then she's like, "Why? Why did you write? Why did you write this stuff?" And then she got talking with uh, another guy that comes in, and uh, who also grew up right right in this area, and um, and he goes, uh, "We both agreed. We were like, I think we're all like just trying to process process this place ourselves. Like we're trying to process what it once was, what it is now." It, it never really, it never becomes routine. You right. know, it's, it's always like, I can't believe what this was and I can't believe what it is now. And I think we're, I think like the people that come in here, like in, in the conversations, it's like, we're all trying to all somehow, it's like, th like not therapy sessions, but we're trying <laughs> to come to terms with it. Right. And we probably never will. You know what I mean? You, like, I, I can't really, you know, I have a lot of stories, man. I have a lot, a lot of stories. Some of them are great. Some of them are really dark. Mm -hmm. but this, that's what this place was. Yeah. You know? And, it, and yeah. it's like, but you know, through thick and thin, man. Some, sometimes your home is your home, and that's it. You mm -hmm. got to embrace every part of it. Exactly. You know? Absolutely. Welcome yeah. to Fear City, huh? That's right, yeah. man. Welcome to Queens. Right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right on the border, right here, right? Like, yeah. Just yeah. Like, like Literally, no. If you go on the corner, it's it's it's, it's Bushwick. Down, yeah. down on. Uh, Across the street on Irving. Yeah, yeah. it's literally the border. The border, Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. Queens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, wow. So when was the last time you had a Coors or a Bud Light? <laughs> oh, uh, years, Yesterday. Years. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Long time. Yeah. yeah. Craft beer changes people. Yeah, it does. It really does, man. Like, I had a Corona the other night, and I was like, oh God, what am I doing to myself? This is <laughs> terrible. Well, you know, it's funny. Even like, set, like my wife and I, we'll we'll set time when you know we got the kids in bed, tap rooms closed. You know, um, I'm not getting up first thing in the morning. We'll have you know some beers stockpiled. We'll and we'll sample. And it's like now and like we used to like if there were beers before now like now that there's like you know so many great you know beer stores that take care of their beers. Right. You know there'd be you know. Years ago, we used to buy beers off of shelves in the supermarket, and mm. like nine times out of ten, they you know consistently until we figured it out, they were always skunked. Mm -hmm. yeah. They were sitting in the light. Yeah. And even that, it could be a great beer. We we would drink just a little bit. That thing was going down the drain. Wow. If it wasn't good, we weren't drinking it. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know. Yeah. Honestly, it's not worth it's not worth drinking a shitty beer. I don't think people right. realize right. for a long time like what really what it took to maintain a good beer. You know, well, I mean, the standards have evolved because of craft. Yeah, beer. you know, but I think it brought things to light and now it's making the quality so much higher. Oh, absolutely. Across the board, you know, yeah. Keeping the temperature up, right. keeping it out of the light, right, you know, right, stupid right. things like that. But, you know, back then we thought it was stupid. Right. <clears throat> now you're like, it changes the whole flavor profile of everything. Right. Yeah. Long you know, shelf life. Yeah. You know, right. How many beers? I went to the store the other day and I grabbed a beer. It fucking expired. I'm like, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, now you got to be conscious of, of those uh, those turnaround times. I mean, I bought it anyway. 
But <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing else in the store but that. I had no choice. It happens. But, dude, man, good times, man. This is great times. You guys yeah. want to go? Uh, want to go around the room real quick? Let, let us know um, what your favorite one was. Mm-hmm. Fa- favorite beer from the flight? Oh man. Let's start with you, Just. Oh, the, the number eight. Uh, the picking up the change. There you go. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was that. Yeah, my the, my the heat. I got, you gotta go with the heat. No, that yeah, was nice. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, but I was in, I was in, I was in a mental battle between the cream ale and that, and the cream ale won. The cream ale gave it a a McGregor. I'm gonna I'm gonna say because McGregor's gonna win. By the way, <laughs> I put put that down on paper. I'll bet anybody money right now. McGregor's gonna win. Funny story. No, I will take your money. I will take your money too. Fifty dollars each. Rich, you want it? Are you serious? Fifty dollars each. Let's go. By the way, they they say that. Um, I read an article the other day. I think I don't know if it was in the Daily News or the Post, but they said that if if McGregor somehow won, uh huh, that will. that um, it, it's gonna it's just gonna destroy <laughs> like Vegas. Vegas. They oh my they, god! They're gonna lose so them. much money. Well, no, because a lot of people are betting on him. Like yeah. the odds aren't what you think they would be. Because yeah. a lot of people think, even though a guy with zero boxing experience can beat one of the best but the, boxers, the of odds all time. on that are probably so ridiculous that if you you know fuck it, throw a few hundred on there. No, the, the odds aren't even that ridiculous. Like the really? odds aren't that much. It was like plus six hundred the last time I looked, which is just off of a hundred. Yeah, I mean that's not bad. It's not bad, I'll but you would shit. expect it to be like, okay, you. That's because because they, they are, like they're all seven. siding with me. They know it's gonna happen. That's why. Well, I think it's a lot of really hopeful <laughs> Irish dudes who just really want to see it. Look, I would love for Floyd to lose. Yeah, I really would, but <laughs> fuck him. Honestly, I think it's it's the Floyd hustle. I mean, if guys like De La Hoya, Pac-Man, Cotto. Mosley, Marquez, all these guys, legends, lost legends him. who couldn't beat him. Don't make some, me root some, for Floyd. Don't do, don't some do guy that. with no don't amateur background in boxing. Look, if it was MMA, I mean, li- Floyd literally might die. Like, literally yeah. might be killed. Yeah, but it's yeah, boxing, yeah, yeah. And, and it's going to be... He's just going to run as fast as he can and do his little dance moves. And... Oh, well, he's going to embarrass <laughs> him. He, he's not going to hurt him bad, but he's yeah. going to embarrass him. Yeah, I just think McGregor's gonna come at him like a maniac. We you will just take your money. Him. We're gonna take we'll your take money. Fifty dollars each, kids. You know, there's money. a clause in the contract <laughs> that if he does something crazy, he's gonna lose <laughs> yeah. a lot of money. Like yeah. if he kicks him in the like nuts. He does some UFC stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah we I will take that. your money. I will take him on air. Fifty bucks. And a piece. we got rich. We'll meet back here in a week. Done. Fifty bucks a piece. Done. And and on that note, Rich, is there anything you want to leave the audience with before we sign off here tonight? Well. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Check us out. It's it's the one venue that uh, two venues that we update the most with stuff that's going on at the brewery. Um, websites in the works. We're gonna do some changes on that. I'm sure people when people see it, they're like, "What is this from the 1990s?" Off the Halsey it, L. Yeah, we're we're uh, right right off the Halsey stop of the of the L train. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of the fight between us, I, it's possible i'm going to make the decision tomorrow that maybe we might have the fight on tv here for saturday Ooh, so ooh. that's a possible all right possible. okay but follow us on instagram if we do we'll probably announce it there okay well what are the hours here um we're right now we're friday saturday and sunday friday from five till 10 11 depending on how many people are here sure let uh saturday and sunday from one o'clock till Lately, we've been going later, go pushing to 11, 12 o'clock. You know, depending on the depending the on the crowd. Well, yeah, okay. and we're we're possibly in September. We might add on maybe Thursdays. Thursdays. We'll awesome. see. Show that football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, and just to get my pick in, I didn't, I didn't get to say, but uh, I I'm with you, Pitts. Picking up the change, the uh, Porter. I, it's got a very nice heat on it. It does. Um, 
I typically, you know, something with that much heat in the past, there hasn't been many beers that I liked. I know that I- Iconic did one that had some heat that was nice, but yeah. I-, I like this a lot. I-, I-, I This was, I mean, they were all good, but but if I had to pick one. From everything I've, I've that had in, in that style. Remember the um, the Sculpin Habanero Ale? Oh, yeah, mm. I can't. That was. That was, that we, was have, we have a Habanero pu- IPA. Yeah? Hey now. Shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put that on, in cans too. Really? Wow. I'm, now. I'm trying to like, trying to convince my wife. We're going to do, uh, the name of it's going to be, um, oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's a different one. I'm sorry. No, that, that, one, that, one's, that one is actually uh, Phoenix on Star. Wow. Yeah. But we're also going to be doing, um, the one that I was thinking I'm trying to get my wife working on, we're, we're doing a, uh, a chai milk stout. Ooh. Oh wow! Chai milk Are stout. Chai milk stout. BTBT exclusive. Wow! You heard it here first. Yeah, and the, the can is gonna. The name of it is uh, Surf Varanasi. If you guys really? look up uh, Varanasi, it's a okay. town in India. Here we go. Story. More history. Yeah, but I'm not gonna more tell you. <laughs> I, I, I love travels. this. I, I, I love yeah. this. But it, it's gonna be. That's uh, for, for episode yeah, two gonna, that we do here. Yeah. 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 It'll be a trip. Leaving can, us on man. a cliffhanger. Yeah. It's like SVU. All the time. I hate this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, Rich, thanks again so much for having us. Uh, We're so glad to to do the show here finally. And uh, yeah, man, BTBT, beer today, beer tomorrow. Guys, any parting thoughts? Thank you for having us. Um, Yeah, I like that picking up the change. And and I like uh, the history. Uh, awesome. Learned a lot here, too. Yeah. yeah. All day. I can listen and, to and stories all to day. The, uh, look, look for, looking forward to some Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. yes. February, man. I'm down. Yeah, I'm te- definitely down. Just follow us online, you know. Okay. We got to get videos of uh, of Pitts running up the staircase <laughs> training. <laughs> and then he sits down and just starts beating the shit out of somebody and rocking some robots. Yeah. Listen, I'm just I'm glad to be back in my I guess, now it's my old neighborhood. It's been a month since I moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ridgewood, I've been here for 17 years. Nice. Loved every minute of it. Um, Grove Street for life. Right. We all know Grove that. Grove Street gangsters. Um, and. You know, it's been a while, but I'm glad we finally got you on, and cool. it was worth every second, man. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Right on. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Thanks, thanks Rich, thanks, man. Thanks for coming, too, man. It was nice. It was right, thank nice. you. Nice. Really cool. Awesome. All right, guys. We All will right. see you. Uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode at uh, Transmitter Brewing. Take it easy, guys. Peace. Thanks for listening. We really hope you enjoyed the episode. Rich has so many stories to tell that we are definitely going to bring him back for another show soon. Don't forget to follow Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and to visit beertodaybeertomorrow.com to check out our weekly blog and sign up for our newsletter. You can also subscribe to the podcast there or on iTunes and Podbean. Stay tuned. We'll be back soon, bringing you another dose of dopeness in episode 28 featuring Transmitter Brewery and Urban Farmhouse Brewery in Long Island City, Queens. Cheers.